Welcome to War Room, the official podcast of the U.S. Army War College Online Journal, graciously supported by the Army War College Foundation. Please join the conversation at warroom.armywarcollege.edu. We hope you enjoy the program. Make sure not to miss a single podcast and subscribe to A Better Peace, the War Room podcast at iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite subscription service. The views expressed in this presentation are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect those of the U.S. Army War College, U.S. Army, or Department of Defense. Welcome to A Better Peace, the War Room podcast. I'm Ron Granary, Professor of History at the Department of National Security and Strategy at the U.S. Army War College and podcast editor of The War Room. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Late summer is a period of transitions at the Army War College. The graduating class departs, the new class comes in. This is also a period of transition here at the War Room, as we are saying goodbye, sadly, to our current editor-in-chief, Dr. Jacqueline Witt, and welcoming our new editor-in-chief, Colonel J.P. Clark. Any transition, any change of command needs a ceremony, and so we have our ceremony here at A Better Peace by having a podcast conversation between the outgoing and the incoming editor-in-chief. And so I'm happy here to host Dr. Jacqueline Witt and Colonel J.P. Clark, and I'm going to give them a chance to introduce themselves. I'll start with you, Dr. Witt. Thanks, Ron. Um, it actually feels quite hard to introduce myself in this context because I, I don't I don't know what to say. Um, I have been the editor-in-chief here at War Room for a couple of years. Uh, in the last year and a half, almost two years, uh, sort of in editing in exile. Um, I've been in DC on a detail to the State Department uh, on loan from the Army War College. Um, But I love War Room and I love what it is and what it can be and what it does. And so I I wanted to keep keep my editing job while I was was doing that. But now um, I have taken a permanent job at the State Department. And so I am leaving the faculty at the Army War College and that means it's time, uh, like you said, to pass the baton, to do the transition, uh, and and things like that. So this is a a really sort of bittersweet moment for me um, because it marks the sort of the end of of what has been a, a really major part of my professional life over the last um, the last few years as I joined the War Room editorial staff um, within you know within months of its of its founding. So it's been part of, of who I am and I've been part of who War Room is and has become uh, over the last several years. Well, I, one of the reasons why I'm here is not only to uh, to ask difficult questions, but also to help you, Jackie, as we lift this heavy golden jewel encrusted marshal's baton and hand it from you, uh, from you over to Colonel J.P. Clark. We're going to give him a chance to introduce himself. J.P., Tell everyone All right. Well, yeah. Hey, thanks, Ron. I'm. I. I need to find a good spot for in my <laughs> office for this. Uh, this baton to uh, to wield. Uh, so you know, as you mentioned, yeah, I'm an Army Colonel, uh, kind of entering uh, the third act of uh, of that capacity. I'll, I'll let others decide whether it's a tragedy or a comedy or or something else entirely. But uh, uh, began as a armor officer, so a tanker. Uh, then became a, a strategic plans and policy officer, had done that for the last 16 years. And now I'm returning to the Army War College as a Army War College professor. So a permanent faculty, I'll, I'll finish off my time in, in uniform here. Um, 
in my academic kind of uh, role, I'm a historian, so that puts me in 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 good stead with this uh, this company here. Uh, and then I should probably also note that I am a, a war room recidivist in that I was a senior editor for two years uh, during a uh, earlier assignment at the War College. So that's me in a nutshell. That's good. See, just when you thought you were out, we pulled you back in, JP. Right? <laughs> that exactly. So that'll be the first of several cliches. I don't know. I think it might have been the other way around. We, we, we kicked him out for a while. <laughs> and then Go we managed, something else. We managed Go play to outside him. with the other kids. We managed to get him back. Managing to get them back is a good thing, and it is worth noting, as as you mentioned, uh, Jackie, that um, you know you you've been here uh, at War Room. You're present at the creation, right? Not to make us all sound like fossils, the, uh, the War Room isn't that old, but it is old enough. Um, you know that, that this is my I, I finished three years at the War College and three years as podcast editor, um, but I took over from you who when you ascended to become editor in chief, and. Uh, since we're historians, all three of us, uh, each in our own way, um, I'll ask you, Jackie, uh, as a historian, right? What was the uh, original guiding spirit of War Room that was communicated to you when Andrew Hill roped you into it? Andrew Hill, our first editor in chief, uh, came to the War College uh, as this sort of young guy out of the Harvard Business School. Uh, he was in the Department of Command Leadership and Management. And in his own words, he was a he was a risk for the War College, right? He sort of didn't fit maybe the profile of a typical faculty member. And Andrew sort of wandered around the halls making right, making friends, talking to people, thinking about what he wanted to do. And one of the things he wanted to do was provide a space for ideas uh, and to provide um room for students, for faculty, and for others. Obviously, we we take articles and podcasts from, from people outside of the War College. But to think about how we could enter this sort of growing space of online right journals, blogs, podcasts, to put the Army War College into the conversation, right? If the Army War College is supposed to both educate senior leaders, but also act as a, we might call it a, sometimes people call it a think tank for the army or a sort of a, a place where ideas can happen, where the institutional army says thinking about things in complex ways is important. Writing about them is important. Uh, outreach and getting, getting things out there is important. How could the army war college participate in this new like knowledge ecosystem that you know, War on the Rocks, Defense One and others, Strategy Bridge and others are are really a dynamic space um, that's different from traditional academic publishing, different from, you know, the monographs that are published from SSI or parameters or things like that. And so Andrew got a got an idea that we should we should start our own, right? If you if you see something that's missing, build it. And so Andrew started building the concept and started started doing this we got a website built. He found naive um, people like me to to rope in. <laughs> um, I think Buck joined us early on as basically our social media guy long before Buck, you know, was the technical editor on the podcast and the managing editor. Buck was trolling Twitter, trying to find accounts to follow, trying to find models for how we did this. 
Uh, and so he, he put together a, a team of people um, and including Tom Galvin, who made so many of our early like systems and, and processes for, for getting things from submission to publication. And we made it, we made it up as we, as we went along, but the, the core uh, were really a couple things. One, don't be boring. And two, create space for good ideas and that good ideas can come from anywhere. And so we didn't want to be tied to rank or status or position. We didn't care if you had letters before or after your name. We didn't care if you were enlisted officer, what service you came from, an academic or a member of the public. We would publish anything in our you know, realm of expertise that had a good idea in it. And we created an editorial team that was dedicated to spotting, maybe not always good ideas, but spotting ideas and then helping people refine them into something that could be published and talked about, right? Sometimes in publishing, it can be really hard to break in if you're not used to writing in the genre, the convention of the of the thing, and certainly many of our war college students are are not used to writing in this in this style, and so we didn't want to have this high barrier to entry where you had to submit something that was perfect or close to it in order to be published. Uh, so we have a really dedicated you know team of editors who help people make things not boring, and who help people make things accessible and readable, and then we put the ideas out there in the world and, and, you know, see what, see what happens. And that's really the, the core of what war room is about. And you mentioned Buck and Buck for those, for those of you who are just listening to us for the first time, uh, if you are welcome, uh, Buck is Buck Haberichter, who is our managing editor, retired Colonel United States Air Force. And Buck has helpfully posted some stats here that in the, in the three plus years or five plus years, I guess, of war room as an institution, we have published 375 total articles, 319 podcasts um, with over 600, around 600 authors or guests. Uh, and so the community keeps growing. Uh, we've been trying to keep up this uh, standard of a couple of articles a week and a podcast a week. Um, we, we keep getting those submissions and uh, contributing, let's say, to the ongoing conversation. So uh I want to turn to you, JP, and I want to say, you know, outside of the fact that Jackie can be very persuasive because she convinced me to become podcast editor too, is um, what, uh, what led you to want to become, to want to participate in War Room and what led you to, uh, to be induced to take on this new job as editor in chief? Yeah, well, thank you for the uh, the question, which allows me to uh, to draw all things back to to Andrew Hill. And so, mm -hmm. my initial involvement, uh, I was uh, assigned to the Strategic Studies Institute, and uh, at uh, you know, with the the hidden hand of Jackie behind it, I'm sure uh, Andrew came by the office one day and said, "Hey, you know." Um, uh, I didn't get the "you're not boring" line. He just said, "I, I think that you might be able to help out as a uh, as an editor. Would you like to take part in this?" And I came already knowing about War Room. I knew about all the work that uh, Andrew and uh, Jackie and others were doing to to make the Army War College part of a larger conversation that is really, in a way, that hadn't been possible before. 
uh, not that the the channels like you know parameters and everything else are 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 not there uh, and and not continuing to contribute, but this is just a little bit different. And uh, so that's how how I came in, uh, came to uh, really uh, enjoy uh, the work. Uh, it is. Uh, just so phenomenal to work with an author and try to preserve their voice, but yet sharpen it. And so that's just a very different sort of, of skill and task than, you know, writing our own work, our own scholarship. Uh, and so I, I, I enjoyed it. It was fulfilling, probably made me a better scholar. And so when Jackie said, Hey, you know, um, you know, I'm about ready to go into the next phase. And as you're coming back, the, the timing just worked out perfectly that I was able to, to come in and to, to, to fill the, you know, the big shoes of, of her and Andrew coming before. Right. Um, well, and, and, and this is, you know, I like this story and it's, and it is about building a community and it's about being, you know, uh, I was thinking of a, there's a, you know, a bad joke, right. That, you know, one lawyer in a town will go bankrupt, but once you get two lawyers in a town, right, both of them will get very rich. Um, that, you know, you, you want to start something, you want to start something new. Um, but it helps when you're starting something new within an ecosystem that already exists. Right. So that it, in, in a certain sense, right. War, because, because there is a war on the rocks, because there is a defense one, because there is, uh, 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 a task and purpose, even um, that there's uh, th that there's a what war room can be part of this conversation, right? So that people can read those various uh, outlets, they can get a feel for what uh, for for work that is that is designed to be not necessarily topical, right? We don't we don't we're not a news site, but that has a relatively quick turnaround that allows for the the presentation of of brief but meaty thoughtful pieces. Um, that will then can become the basis for bigger, deeper discussions that can build momentum, right? That we can even be in dialogue with, with each other, with pieces within War Room, but also pieces elsewhere. And uh, I'm also curious about the civ mill aspect of this, right? So the, the, the three of us, the three of us sitting here, we got, you know, two civs and one mill. Um, but the, um, the idea of creating a community where uh, it is for people who are both for the the uh, the contributors, but also for the audience, right? These are people in uniform and out of uniform, but who are interested in problems of national security that touch directly on the on the armed forces. Um, I've, I've been thinking about this. is a It's an interesting setup, right? Because we're not a we're not a foreign policy site, but we talk about foreign policy, right? We're not a we're not purely a army uh, an army site, but of course we talk a lot about the army. And I'm curious for, for both of you, you know, what's your image of, uh, of how War Room can act as a, uh, a communication belt between yeah. civilian and military thinkers, between civilian and military policymakers? Yeah, Ron, I think, I think about this quite a lot. Um, and, and people who have listened to the podcast have heard me uh, talk about Alta, who's my mom, uh, several times. Um, but but I think it's it's appropriate to think about a couple of different audiences that we that we that we try to to reach. Um, so there's a whole there's a whole lot of people out there in the world uh, who, whether it's because of the, the past several years, we'll not put a number on it, but uh, have felt tumultuous or complex in a way that they are sort of realizing for the first time. Uh, maybe they have someone in their family who's a member of the armed services. Maybe they are encountering 
things for the again ideas or, or places or concepts for the first time and they need sort of foundational um, some some knowledge to to go with that so everything we publish as a podcast or an article I want to be legible and accessible to someone who is an outsider uh, if my mom can't understand it she may not be interested in everything right and it may not have immediate relevance but if she if she reads it and says I have no idea what that was about or I understood all of the words in that article and still didn't understand what it meant um, or it's too full of jargon it feels too much like inside baseball then I think we've we've failed and at the same time, we should be able to hit people who are more expert and they should, they may not learn anything new, but I want them, if they are sort of an expert in a specific topic area, sort of nodding along and saying, yes, that that's an, an accurate, good way to explain this, you know, concept field that I exist in or this job that I have. But we also know that expertise, because you develop it, in in depth uh even someone who is a quote unquote national security expert is not going to be a national security expert about every single thing that they you know that they encounter so you know for myself i am a, a historian of the social and cultural and intellectual history of the u.s military i know a lot about some things and i know just enough about other things to get me in trouble or to make it through a couple of war college seminars, right? Without without sounding like I don't know what I'm talking about. But I am not a nuclear expert. I am not an air power expert. I am not a air, an expert on sort of force design. Uh, and so piece, pieces that appear in War Room, whether on podcasts or in articles, help me uh, as an educator, especially think about how to explain complex concepts um, to people who need to know just enough um, and who need to be able to be conversant in, you know, in a literature conversant in uh, these worlds um, that aren't, that aren't their own. And so war room will almost never be the right. I can't imagine it would be the last word on anything because every article, every podcast, there's a, there's an entire world of articles and podcasts and books and monographs and journal articles that, that support that, right? It's, it's turtles all the way down. Um, and so if War Room can be an entry point into saying things, and this is why we hyperlink sources and all of that. So you can, you can follow the sources, you can follow the sort of the analysis and the, the different trails that lead people to this. Um, but being able to distill complex concepts for both a civilian and a military audience, I think is um, one of the most important things we can do in bridging what can be an awfully big divide between military culture, jargon, knowledge, national security realm, uh, and the, the, the public. JP, what do you think about that? Yeah, well, uh, I think there's actually kind of two different aspects and this is where 
this is going to make, you know, War Room is going to continue to evolve even as much as we, we love its current state sure. because there's two different contexts that this is taking place in, both of which are moving. And so even if we, you know, we have to, to, to run to stand still, even if we want to kind of keep it. The one, going back to your earlier point, you know, there is this broader ecosystem. There is a community between different sites, uh, conversations on Twitter and in other forums. Uh, and that's just constantly changing. And But you don't, you can't be a clone just like everybody else. And so there needs to be a little bit of distinctiveness to War Room, uh, where at least we're not, you know, you know, we're not a poor cousin of anybody that we're just kind of falling behind or exact right. copy. And because the space is continuing to evolve, we will also continue to evolve. And this kind of leads into that second context of, and, and Jackie had raised this in, in her point, about the different communities. You know, we really started off in, in Andrew's initial vision. I wasn't quite a plank holder, but I was, you know, there early enough that I have, you know, at least the origin myths, if not the, uh, the actual story. You know, a lot of this was was built off of you know, supporting the Army War College student experience and and the curriculum, and and we are still part of the Army War College community. Certainly, both a lot of content from students and faculty. Uh, you know, the, the the Army War College you know supports us, as does the foundation, and so we're part of that community. But there's actually a community has grown up far beyond the confines of Carlisle sense. And also, and so there, you know, our, our contributors, our readers, our listeners are, 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 are shaping us and will continue to shape us. And I think that's one of the more interesting aspects in terms of as we continue to evolve, how do we want to grow those other communities uh, outside of Carlisle? Uh, where, where do we want to strike off? There's lots of different ways, lots of different, you know, great paths that we can pursue. Uh, and one thing I'd be interested in from, you know, uh, listener and uh, feedback is to what extent is our podcast and our article communities different mm -hmm. or the same? Uh, just because people who are taking in information in different ways, is it, is it the same community and Hey, this is what I read at the office and this is what I read on the commute or this is what I listen to on the commute uh, and, and understanding what, what they kind of need uh, and, and where they want to go and, and where there's more space to, uh, to, to grow, I think is part of going to be the ongoing development of war room. And then I'm delighted to kind of see where that goes up, up, up close and personal. That's great. Well, and, and I will, th this is a good moment to say that we do encourage our listeners, uh, to chime in, uh, on our comments, uh, uh, comments on our website. Uh, and, uh, when you, when you see, uh, a link to a War Room article or War Room podcast that's been posted to social media, by all means, feel free to share, comment. Um, we are curious to know. I, I do think about that, right? We are going to continue to develop. Um, we may we may develop in some directions that some people will like, um, and we, we're always happy to hear that. If we develop in directions that people don't like, we'd like to hear that too, so that we can decide uh, how to respond to that. Um, but that idea of being part of a, an ongoing conversation, right? Part of this great chain of being, right? As the, uh, as War Room continues to exist, right? That's why transitions like this are important, right? It's good that we, we know each other and talk to each other and that there are these sort of personal connections, right? There will come a time, I suppose, when there will be editors of War Room who are not connected to the founding generation. Um, we, uh, uh, but that, 
uh, and we just hope that we continue to build this community. I wanted to give you, Jackie, um, as we're, we're coming up on the end of the conversation, I wanted to give you, Jackie, a, a chance. Is there? Do you have any final words of farewell or advice to JP or to me <laughs> or to anybody who's listening uh, about about War Room? Oh, that's that's high pressure. Um, I want <laughs> I want people to keep to keep reading, to keep submitting, uh, to keep giving us uh, podcast ideas, right? Downloading listening, uh, responding, that, that sense of community is, is really important. Um, I hope that every time we see a transition in the editorial team, uh, there's sort of new life breathed into war room. Uh, I think a lot of, a lot of times it would be easy to, as JP sort of said, right, run and, and feel like you're you're still just standing standing still uh, and I think this kind of thing because it's such a dynamic environment really does benefit uh, from new perspectives new ideas new voices so I um, I can't wait to be in a in a different uh, different you know sort of point of view and perspective uh, not so not so deeply involved in the in the day-to-day uh, but but still uh, popping in uh, every every once in a while um, and and really just ex- excited for where this is where this is going. Um, JP has been the person at Carlo. I think I've actually known him longer than anyone else because we ended up we were in, in grad school at about the same time. Uh, mm-hmm. Rival schools down the down the road. We'll we'll let that slide. Oh, um, okay. I know. Go boo boo. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> terrible <laughs> terrible fate. Um, and so I've I've known JP for a long, long time. We taught together at West Point uh, in the history department, and then our, our paths have sort of kept crossing. And I I cannot think of anyone better uh, to sort of pass uh, pass the baton onto. Um, and at the same time, I would say to JP and to to the editorial team, and it is a team effort. Um, that editorial work is very often behind the scenes it should be it should be almost invisible right jp said we want to preserve the voice of an author a piece should never sound like its editor it should sound like the author um and so to to understand that that work is valuable it is tremendously important war room could not exist without the uh faculty volunteers who edit articles who host podcasts uh all of the things buck is buck is the only one who gets specifically paid to do war room um and that that labor and it is absolutely labor will make you right a better scholar teacher writer all of that um but to 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 keep it going right that this is this is really vital work for the war college and for for the community uh, and I'm glad that I've been a part of it. Uh, it has been probably the thing that has been that I'm proudest of, that I have found most rewarding. Uh, and it is the thing that I'm leaving behind for now um, that makes makes me, again, like a little bit a little bit sentimental, uh, in fact. Um, and I, I'm really excited to see where where it goes in the future. Thanks, Jackie. JP, do you have any words of, uh, of for the transition? Uh, we, we, we will be hearing from you often in the future, I hope, as War Room Editor on podcasts and seeing you around. But uh, 
what would you like to tell the audience as a indeed uh, well and and so uh, going back to your you know your change of command uh, uh kind of analogy at the beginning uh, the, the the smart thing to do when you're the new guy is to uh, to to shut up as much as possible. So typically, you go to the podium and say, "All policies and procedures remain in effect." Uh, thank you very much for your time. So <laughs> I will uh, I will cede all that time to Jackie. Well, thank you, thank you, uh, General Clark, for that uh, for that uh, diplomatic transition. But it's going to be delightful working with both of you. Uh, or it's been great working for you, Jackie. I hope that you you, know, you will not disappear. Um, I warn you that you may still be brought back to be a guest on a, on a better piece from time I'm gonna to time. I'm going to keep my microphone uh, and my uh, earbuds just, uh, just in case. Happy this to, is a good plan. Happy to come back. This have is Mike great. will travel. Have Mike will travel. <laughs> Very good plan. Uh, but good luck to you, Jackie, and in, in, uh, uh, Dr. Jacqueline Witt. I'll make it official, right? Good luck to you, Dr. Jacqueline Witt, in your uh, in your future work for uh, for the State Department. Uh, they're lucky to have you. We were delighted to have you here with us at the War College and here at the War Room. And uh, Colonel J.P. Clark, we are very much excited about you. Your the start of your uh, command tenure here at the War Room. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, listeners of of A Better Peace, we hope that you've enjoyed this conversation. We hope that you will continue to listen and comment and subscribe and let us know what you like to hear, what you would like us to say, what you have liked or not liked about what we have said, so that we can continue this conversation. We can continue conversations like this one, and we can continue to welcome you to them. So even though this particular conversation is over, we look forward to seeing you next time. So until next time, from the War Room, I'm Ron Granary. And that concludes our program. Thank you for listening. The views expressed in this podcast reflect those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views, policies, or positions of the U.S. Army or the Department of Defense. Let us know what you think. Provide us your feedback, comments, or suggestions through our webpage at warroom.armywarcollege.edu. And have a great day.